Hello, and welcome to the fifth and final part of Nervous Nelly's Rewind, the spin-off of the show about nervous energy and music. You're listening on Sin with Bailey. This part will cover the instances of two reoccurring segments, the Nervous Nelly and Nervous Tick of the Week, from episodes 10 to 12 of the April to July 2021 radio season of Nervous Nellies. As always, a heads up that each Nervous Nelly or Tick relates to the song that aired just before the segment on radio. For copyright reasons, we can't include those songs in the podcast, but what you can do is go to the show page on the Sin website, if you're not there already, and there'll be an article with this podcast and a playlist that has all the songs referenced. Last but not least, the article also has a second playlist with additional songs for further listening, which didn't air on the original episode, but relate to the segment topics. For example, the episode 12 Nervous Nelly of the Week segment on the band Disco Inferno mentions some songs from later in their career, so I put up one of those songs in the further listening playlist. So check out the article, check out the playlists, and without further ado, Here's the final episodes. Episode 10. You just heard Take It to the Max by Dan Deacon, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. So, being the first artist on the episode makes Dan Deacon our Nervous Nelly of the Week. He is an electronic artist who brings his experience with film scoring to his studio albums as well to create layered songs that sound more like orchestral scores than house instrumentals. In the late 2010s and in 2020, he had his soundtracks for the movies Rat Film, Time Trial, and Well Groomed, released through Domino Records. But even before that, his preference for extended compositions was already seeping into his recording, which was otherwise very sugary and buzzy-sounding electronica. For example, in his first studio album, 2007's Spider-Man of the Rings, the 12-minute composition Wham City is slotted into an album otherwise consisting of 3-6 minute electronic pop jams, and the second half of 2012's America is dedicated to a four-part hybrid electronic and actual orchestral composition spanning 22 minutes. 2015's Gliss Riffer which this track is from, turns the scale back down a little bit, with much fewer instrumental collaborators compared to an entire orchestra, but the album still reserves space for a couple of longer, wordless tracks, like this one, at its end, after the 3-6 to six minute indie electronica is over. What I feel makes Dan Deacon stand out is this compositional element, approaching electronic music not in terms of its danceability, or undanceability, while also not approaching it from an indie rock band angle either, like how someone like Animal Collective might. Instead, his work touches on all these different bases at different times, while keeping the programmatic nature of his work at the forefront, which I feel adds a level of tension to it, as I've said previously. Anyway, up next is Tonight May Have to Last Me All My Life by The Avalanches, and Opus Helpus by Avi Ter and Kriya Brecken. You just heard Tonight May Have to Last Me All My Life by The Avalanches and Opus Helpus by Avitair and Kriya Brecken, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. 
So that last track kicked up a bit of a fuss when it was released by the then-husband-and-wife duo, who recorded an album of guitar and piano songs, and then, on a whim, reversed every track and sped up several to two times their original speed when distributing it as 2007's Pull Hair Rub Eye. This creative decision made the album unnecessarily polarizing on release, with Pitchfork rating it 1 out of 10, and, on the other hand, Tiny Mixtapes giving it a 4 out of 5 and a Eureka label. The reverse effects either ruined the compositions, or it was a bold conceptual statement about how music is released and consumed. Honestly, I don't get why it's so controversial. If you're seriously upset about the reverse effects, all you have to do with your CD or digital purchase is rip the MP3s and re-reverse it in an audio editing software. And if you're so committed to the artist's arbitrary creative impulses that you buy the album as unmodifiable vinyl, then I don't know what you were expecting. This isn't metal machine music in the 70s. Even in the early 2000s, it's not unheard of to make your own versions or track orders of albums. But simultaneously, taking advantage of that increased audience interactivity by reversing your music, likely knowing the consumer could modify it after the fact, isn't really worth lauding as some avant-garde concept either. Regardless, the album remains a signpost of how digitization has continued to affect the music industry, and how we respond to artistic intent. And for the role it played in this, I'm labeling Reverse Effects our Nervous Tick of the Week. Anyway, up next is Bankrupt by Phoenix, and Before 3D by Architecture in Helsinki. You just heard Fuzzy Logic by Jerry Paper, and you're listening to Nervous Nellie's On Sin with Bailey. So, being the first artist on the episode comes with the honorary title of Nervous Nellie of the Week. Jerry Paper is an indie rock slash electronic artist whose music regularly addresses post-structuralist themes within the postmodern digital era. While they now have enough of a budget to perform and record with a backing band on the Stone's Throw record label, their early work from 2015 and earlier is self-backed by minimalist, synthesized instrumental lines. The interesting thing, though, is that it works with the lyrical themes anyway. This song, for example, is about how digitally enhanced human perception and communications are binarized to the extent that we can only see the world as organizations and separations that are entirely unreal, and that we'd be better off treating truth in the digital network as fuzzy logic. I emphasize digital enhancement because it's a feature of other songs from the album, like Bionic People, which describes the network as a 60 hertz hum that follows you around, can't be escaped, but can be resonated with, if you use it in the right way. Producing your own lo-fi music and self-releasing it on platforms that aren't algorithmically organized, like Bandcamp, is a perfect fit for this thematic framework because they're both about tuning yourself to the frequency. And I call this approach to the digital network post-structuralist because it's about resisting binarization by entering the network as fuzzy logic, values that are considered half-truths to the network, or values that are accepted by the network, but hint at something beyond the binary, like deliberately unreal synth instrumentation. 
And I appreciate this because the tension that comes from fuzzy logic is what I'm trying to get at with the term nervous energy. Anyway, up next we've got Dry Bones in the Valley by Gaster Del Sol. You just heard Dry Bones in the Valley by Gaster Del Sol, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. Normally this segment would discuss a technique in the last track that I'd call our Nervous Tick of the Week. This time, the nervous tick is more about what isn't featured in the song. It's the final track to the 1996 album Upgrade and Afterlife, which on most other songs features guitar and piano instrumentals with random, harsh noise generated by a synthesizer. But on very few tracks, such as Rebecca Sylvester and The Relay, the harsh noise gives way to intimate singer-songwriter compositions which, in contrast with the rest of the album, becomes surprising simply because of their normality. Tribones in the Valley, which is a John Faye cover, stands out in a similar way by closing out a fairly abrasive album with a peaceful solo guitar exploration that ends with a six-minute riff around a singular violin drone. So I guess the nervous tick in this case is a byproduct of the band experimenting with and contrasting different song formats which for brevity I'm going to call ambience as incidental. Anyway, up next is My Truth by Cocteau Twins and June by Albert Salt. Episode 12 You just heard Summer's Lost Sound by Disco Inferno, and you're listening to Nervous Nellies on Sin with Bailey. So, being the first artist on this episode makes Disco Inferno our Nervous Nelly of the Week. They're a British band from the 90s who, after starting as a post-punk group, transitioned into experimental rock by working electronics into their sets. It's a compelling medium between analog and digital electronics, because at this point in their career they've hooked up samplers to their guitars and drums, so you've got static audio clips coming from their instruments, like a launch pad or keyboard, but with the minor imperfections that come from strumming a guitar and playing an actual drum kit. The bass guitar remaining as is was actually a budgetary limitation because of how expensive it was to interface any of their instruments with samplers in the first place, but it does help retain some of the post-punk vibes the group started with. Later in their career, they did hook up their bass as well, which led to more sample-based soundscapes like A Night on the Tiles and Lost in Fog from their final EP. Unfortunately, despite getting signed to Rough Trade Records, they never quite achieved the commercial success needed to fund their experimental pursuits, and they split up ahead of their final album in 1996. To me, Disco Inferno represents the weird threshold that the world crossed between the 90s and 2000s, where the lack of standardization of digital technology means that although their techniques aren't exactly unique by today's metrics, it still sounds different than if a band were to take up live sampling with rock instruments today. But simultaneously, because the band's sound is such a product of emerging technologies, there's not much merit in trying to recreate it nowadays, when digital standardization means that there are easier ways of going about it without blowing your band's budget. I say this partly because Disco Inferno has gained a lot of critical recognition in hindsight, 
to the extent that their five EPs from 1992 to 94 were only reprinted for the first time in 2011 in the aptly named compilation album The Five EPs. Despite this, there have been no reunion shows or comeback albums, partly because there is no recreating Disco Inferno's 90s output, which is weird to say, because normally in the 21st century anything can be recreated, anyone can reunite, even when they shouldn't. The mid-90s is one of the few blind spots in remake culture, because medium fidelity digital technology is usually too high effort to bother authentically recreating, for now at least. And up next is Time to Find Me, Come Inside by Seafeel. You just heard Time to Find Me, Come Inside by Seafeel, and you're listening to Nervous Nelly's On Sin with Bailey. I've talked about Seafeel once before on this show, but to recap, they're in a similar boat to Disco Inferno, in that their 90s output capitalized on a lot of emerging production techniques, in this case to do with post-processing. You can start to hear it on this track from their first EP, More Like Space, but by the time they were signed to Warp Records a couple years later, their self-recorded rock band instrumentals got distorted and resequenced in post, to the point that it barely sounds like a live performance. Beyond the technique of post-processing though, I wanted to use this band to discuss the concept of entropy in a group's discography, which I'm going to call our Nervous Tick of the Week. It's nothing unusual for bands to have different phases or sounds throughout their careers to spice things up, but the interesting thing about Seafield's trajectory is that they pushed this one technique until the band broke up for over a decade, and were practically forced to pursue a different sound when they reunited. Before I talk more about that, though, I'll show you what I mean with another Seafield song, the title track from their final 90s album, C.H. Vox. You just heard C.H. Vox by Seafeel, and you're listening to Nervous Nelly's On Sin with Bailey. In just a few years, this band went from using post-processing to arrange vaguely electronic beats to near-completely abstracted, dark ambience. Pushing one technique to the point of disintegration is something that's hard to come by in the current climate, because of how accessible different music scenes are, and the standardization of digital production techniques Usually style changes are like putting on different hats, which can be as arbitrary as what your pathway through the music network and its accompanying influences happen to be. With how our access to music and musical influences often completely disregard time, it's almost reassuring that bands like Seafeel and Disco Inferno before them can still be tied to a specific period even if it is just by associating themselves with a now-dated or commonplace production technique. Because at the very least, datedness shows there's still room to move forward in the digital industry, even if the timelessness of music accessibility, paradoxically, can make things seem static. Anyway, up next is Sun Arrow by Candy Claws and Work This Time by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Mm. 